3: To all things therapy. And hello there Facebook Live. This is my first Facebook Live. You should see Johnny Mace, my guest. Which I'm going to introduce in in just a moment. I am Lisa Tahir, your host. And I'm a licensed clinical social worker. Practicing as an intuitive psychotherapist. You can find me online at. Whoops. Nolatherapy.com N-O-L-A-T-H-E-R apy.com that's how you can reach out to meet with me in person in los angeles or new orleans as well as phone skype or facetime sessions wherever you are and i would love to capture your email address so i can let you know about my book coming out in 2019 titled the chiron effect it's about healing your core wounds through empathy and self-forgiveness and i'm building my email list right now so as things develop I'll be able to send you information and articles and such so you can help yourself feel better. Um I think that's about it. Let's jump into Johnny since since you're here with us today. Hello. So hey, I am with Johnny Mace. He is a songwriter and musician from mm-hmm. Pasadena, California. We had the pleasure of meeting spontaneously at one of his live performances here in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. So I asked you to come on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're so welcome. And what I was really taken back by, in in a good way, Mm -hmm. was your voice and just the the depth of your lyrics and the emotion in your songs. And Mm -hmm. I know you're gonna talk to us some about how your upbringing has affected your songwriting and being bullied when you were younger and finding healing and voice through music. Yeah. I want our listeners to know that you can find Johnny Mace. His EP is on uh,
4: Spotify, Spotify, Apple iTunes. Music, iTunes.
3: Yes, and it's Johnny Mace Music on Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. Johnny Mace yeah. is how I found you. Mm-hmm. So where would you like to start us today? Um, I guess we can start
4: with where I was born. So I was born in Glendale. I guess you could say... Like on the birth certificate, it says Glendale. Okay. But Verdugo Hills Hospital. Okay. Dr. Hartford, I remember. I'm planning on when I turn 21, I'm going to go to Dr. Hartford and ask him for drinks, and that would just be a fun reunion.
3: Okay, that's funny. <laughs> you know, I know the doctor that birthed me also. I uh, still see him in New Orleans. You so see that's, him? Yeah, I do. I that's see him at awesome. my gym. And it's crazy. Here I'm 47 seeing the yeah. man that had me, like, pop out of my mom.
4: Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I haven't I, I have met him another time. I think I was like 15. But yeah, it'd be funny. I bet he gets that all the time. I bet. Yeah. I bet. But yeah, so I was born in that area, and um, I was raised in Pasadena. I was also raised in um, Claremont for a year. So, like, from birth till, like, I was one. And because my biological dad and mom had me, and they didn't marry, so they had me um, when they were just dating okay and they moved into the Claremont house with my stepbrother so my 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 family's pretty confusing it's a big mixed family okay. so i have like um yeah. i have stepbrother and sisters oh sorry my half brother my half brother sebastian okay so um and his his dad and my dad are both named chris so to make it even more confusing yes yeah but um but yeah we moved into that house in Claremont and I have two memories from then. Um, I try to hold on to them. Okay. Yeah, because I remember at a young age, I think it was my mom, she would always say, like, hold on to these memories because they're very precious. Mm -hmm. So um, I still remember these two, like, memories from the Claremont house. One was in my closet. Oh No, my brother's closet. It was a walk-in closet of his room, and that's where my crib was.
1: Wow.
4: And, Yeah. I went in there when I was 12, and it, it was a lot smaller, definitely. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But I, I still have this um, dream of being in the crib and the crib walls being very tall. And um, it, the room felt so elongated. And um, I still remember it from that view of a baby. And um, I remember it's like a couple seconds of my dad saying, Good night, John, and turning off the light and closing the door. That's one. Another, I'm just, like, chilling on the counter in the sink, and my mom's just, like, pacing on the phone, just back and forth. But, yeah, I just remember those two memories of the Claremont house.
3: Wow, from being so young. That's yeah. That's remarkable. Yeah. So how did you find music? At what age? I don't know any of this about yeah. you since so, I saw you.
4: So, th- so I moved from – when they split, I moved to Pasadena,
1: mm-hmm.
4: and I think – my mom met my stepdad at work. Um, she worked at that place, called, this place called Public Works for design. She graduated from Art Center College of Design. Oh, very cool. Yeah, for really? graphic design, and um, she met my stepdad Mitch there. And he needed a pl- he needed um, help with rent at the time,
1: mm-hmm.
4: and um, she needed a place to stay. So it was a perfect situation. We had a big... We, we still... I still live in the same place. Wow. Yeah, after like 20 years, 19 years. And um, so they built a back house for us, for my brother, me, and my mom. And um, she helped with rent. And they started off as just friends. And they were friends for years and years and years until they got married.
3: Wow, that's an amazing love story. Yeah. Wow. Does that find reference in any of your songs? Yeah, your
4: songs? yeah, definitely. And... Um, music came into this because my stepdad was um he was in many bands when he was younger and he was also in the music business um right now he's um he's been going on tour managing a band called the glam skanks
3: okay
4: yeah and they're on tour with Adam Ant. oh cool yeah wow
3: so you grew up around music music and in the industry yeah we would
4: always go to uh, a bunch of ska shows late in the night i always loved that um
3: what a cool childhood
4: yeah yeah, he was, he was the best. He would show us. Um, we would always get backstage passes to these shows, too. So it was just, it, it was my end to music, basically. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: So how, I know you, you shared some with me about bullying being a part of when you were younger. Yes. Can you talk to us about, about that?
4: Um, bullying was a part of most of my life. Um, I still remember preschool, my first two bullies, they looked like the bullies from Little Rascals. I, I loved that. That show, by the way. Yes,
3: yes. Man. I used to
4: always want to be Alfalfa and sing um, like he did. Yes. <laughs> with his little, little one little mm-hmm. strand of hair. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I remember those two bullies, like, very well. And I remember all my bullies very well. Um, I was bullied from preschool all the way to, like, mildly to, like, 11th grade. But um, wow. yeah. But later, later on is when I got a growth spurt, so that was probably why they stopped. <laughs> Me just like because I'm six foot, so maybe that height, I don't know, stopped them from bullying. Also, plus their maturity grew right. finally.
3: How did you make sense of that being bullied for that many years?
4: Um, it was hard because at first I thought it was because I went to three different schools. So for everyone transitioning to a school is difficult yeah. because. Their class is already like they already have their group of friends, so this new person comes in. It's very difficult, but um then I would see um I would see other new kids come in and they would be accepted immediately, mm. but i was I still wasn't accepted, and I think it was just because I was different. um I different. am an artist, yeah, so like I do see the world differently. I was also very hyperactive and a total a d h d child okay yeah, so
3: I want to loop back around later to about being an artist and how you mm-hmm. view the world. Yet when you were those ages, I'm thinking it's hard to know when you're experiencing something like being bullied that you're yeah. different or connect the dots. And and I imagine that it was a painful or difficult. Yeah, you take it
4: personal, and,
3: right? Yeah. How, did your could you talk to your parents or your
4: yeah your brother? Like? Um, of course it went through phases like where I would at first it was the phase of like telling my parents everything. Yeah. And then, it's um, like they would try to comfort me and all this stuff, the best they could, but it wouldn't stop. Mm-hmm. So, and also, I would get that title of like, "oh, tattletale," you know, oh, like you gosh. always, yeah, yeah. Everyone hates that. To yes. That. Yeah. So, so,
3: so the role of music in mm-hmm. those years. Can you tell us how, how you? Used to, what I don't. What it was like you it was my escape, definitely. Okay, yeah. it,
4: was, it was an escape, and um, it was an escape from bullying and um it was something i ve- i loved at a very young age um ever since i was in preschool i would dress up like frank sinatra and sing no sing like chicago and new york
3: that's awesome yeah
4: i i, I love awesome. all the oldies but um but so yeah. you would
3: dress up and perform
4: yeah i always love to perform yeah. i love um getting emotions from people that's probably why like i was given that title like oh you're so annoying and all this stuff because i was so hyperactive I wanted to engage with people. Like I love people. I love to engage with people.
3: Yeah.
4: So um, they were just I was different and outgoing, and they weren't used to that.
3: Right. Yeah. And usually, when people face difference, as we know, they might judge it, attack it, instead of seek to understand. Yeah. In fear, kind yes, of. Yes. In a fear, fear. Yeah. Exactly. It's a defense. Yeah. Definitely. What was your first instrument that you played?
4: Um, other than my vocals, because I was always singing. Okay. Um, I was always banging on everything. So drums. Um, I was probably eight when I got my uncle daniel 's hand me down drum set, which I totally thrashed I bet. um I bet. It was also like an anger management coping like from all the bullying, it was like my way to just let all my emotion out mm-hmm. and um but then it turned into a skill because I love music and i 'm like well i I can just use this to my advantage and after thrashing that first drum set um when I was nine, my parents surprised me on my birthday. Everyone was in my room, too. Um, I just, she, we just picked up my friend, and it was just gonna be like me and my friend hanging out. But I go to my room, you know, to put my things away, and everyone, <laughs> everyone is in my room, F- friends, family, and they're surprised. Scared me half to death. <laughs> totally, like, But But um, they had this new, like, jazz drum set. It was very nice. So, of course, I didn't really put my anger out on that because I'm like, all right, now I've really got to learn this and, and I t- take my time to practice. And I, I would say out of all the instruments that I have played, I can say that I'm a drummer. Okay. Definitely. Um, okay. Because I play guitar, but I, I can't, like, I'm not a guitar player, you know. I use it to write songs, and um, I'm not really good with theory when it comes to guitar. Okay. But drums, I, I, can, I can, like, play with basically anyone and just hop on the drums, basically.
3: That's cool: Were yeah. you formerly trained? Um, at
4: first, I was self-taught, okay. and I picked it up pretty easily easily. And then I had a, drum, a few drum teachers. First one, it was like for like one time, and I was like, "Oh, I don't like this." And then the second one, he was actually a family friend of Mitchs, and um, he worked in the music industry, and his name is Rob Clonell, and he is a really good drummer. And, and just a really good friend, and he could just, like, really vibe with me. Mm-hmm. And he was a great teacher. Um, but that was the time where um, discipline really wasn't my thing. I was a kid.
3: I think for most kids, it's Yeah, not for most,
4: yeah. And um, so I think that it was great. He would teach me, like, these drum fills and everything. But um, he knew there was a time where it just needed to end and for me to just, like, have my own way of doing it. But, um,
3: yeah, it's, I was
4: mostly self It
3: sounds like your family was supportive. Very
4: supportive of my like music. Like with
3: everyone getting in there to get you the drum set and be in your yeah. room and supporting you. It sounds like it was, like your music was encouraged. Yeah, it, definitely. To thrive.
4: Yeah, it was not that family where you got to be a doctor, you got to be a lawyer. It's yeah. whatever your heart desires, like reach for your dreams, like do, follow your dreams. Do you
3: think that was, did you like that?
4: I love that. Okay. My, my parents are great. Cool. Yeah. And I was very glad I had that. Especially, it's a great balance to have, especially what's happening, like, at school. Like, um, but yeah.
3: That was great. So, do you want to play something? Do you want to?
4: Yes. So, um, first, um, I would like to talk about, other than bullying, yeah. I had, um, other inspirations that helped me through music, and, of course, I started songwriting, through um, a girl, of course. Okay, I met yes, a girl. Yes. It was always a girl. Always. Yeah, or a boy. <laughs> and, um, and this this girl, I forgot her name, but I remember everything about I'm really bad with names. Okay. But I remember everything about her. She had blue eyes. So the song is called Sky Blue Eyes. And um,
2: it went, you have sky blue eyes and a shiny bright heart with lips so fine. Where can I start? The way I know I can plainly see this beautiful girl right in front of me you got sky blue eyes and gorgeous hair life without you just wouldn't be fair it ain't about your eyes it's about your soul and yours is the purest
4: one I know and it was with thank you yeah it was it was with the first two chords I learned which was D and A and, um, and I just like went back and forth between those two chords. But um, she, I wouldn't call it love that because it was a young age, it was considered puppy love. Right. But um, it was considered that first like love feel, feeling of yes. love that inspired me to write. Mm-hmm. And I got a guitar in third grade, and this was fourth grade. And the reason why I didn't really play the guitar before that, because it hurt. I mean, and it was a full size guitar.
1: Oh, wow. So That'd I didn't
4: have any calluses or anything yet and I'm like yeah. I don't want to do this it hurts.
1: <laughs> yeah.
4: But then um I got this feeling to need to write songs and I'm like, "Well, how do I write songs if I don't play guitar?" So it kind of forced me to play guitar. Wow. Yeah. And um she was she was just kind of that jump for me. Yeah.
3: And that makes so much sense It's somebody yeah. that regardless of your age that you still have the capacity to feel deep emotion as a young person. Yeah, definitely. And it's cool that you put it together at that age. Yeah, started definitely. started songwriting.
4: Yeah, and I sang it for her, I remember. What
3: did she, do you remember what she said?
4: Uh, she, she loved it. I, I remember we made these cute little plans to like go to the same school because I, I was only there for half of fourth grade and I, was, and I went to Highland Hall after that and I remember we made this little plan, we're, we're both going to go there because she, she was a grade below me. But yeah. That was that was so cute and fun.
1: So cute.
4: Yeah. But then um but then just like all these other relationships, um, my songwriting got better and more um, metaphorical. So Sky Blue Eyes is very physical. It talks right. about her eyes, her gorgeous hair, her lips, just all these physical things. But then it turned into more like emotional and metaphors. Okay. Yeah, I started to like dive into that. But um but yeah, I'll play you a song from let's hope it's not muted is it muted
3: no i'm gonna meet myself though
4: okay so this is a song about growing up um about my parents my biological parents so my dad and my mom and my relationship between them and this is on my ep that is out on spotify and all those streaming services and it's my favorite one on the EP. It's called From East to West. And I got the idea from watching clouds moving from east to west. And, um, and it, I just thought of, like, how time passes, you know? Beautiful. Like, so fast, you know? Yeah. All the time just went by. and Yeah. So I was thinking about my parents. So the first two verses, the, I'll, I'll just play and talk about it after. So this is From East to West. Mm-hmm. ¶¶
2: Was once a room blurred visions from a different view. His voice rang like a distant tune. Good night, my son. I'll see you soon. My eyes for the sun was me. God knows I miss routine and. One more day, as if nothing has changed. I want to climb into your arms. Read me a book as I watch the stars. It catches my eye as clouds in the sky move east to west. I start to think of time and how it flies by. How it flies by. Going the distance to visit you. Though these moments are but a few, my soul is filled with the brighter hue. By my father, I'll see you soon Cold nights, I wait for thee And headlights, that set me free Though we are close, there's an in-between But you still find time for our routine when wish I could live one more day As if nothing has changed Wanna climb into your arms Read me a book as I watch the stars It catches my eye When clouds in the sky Move east to west Start to think of time And how it flies by
3: Yeah. It was awesome. Johnny. Thank you. Thank so, you yeah. for playing
4: that. Yeah, so it's basically like the correlation between um my mom and dad of how they how our relationship was versus how they how it is now. So the first verse is about me and my dad, you know, when I talked about the, the crib, crib in yeah. the closet, yeah. yeah. And then the second verse is about my mom and um how she would walk me to school and it was like our routine. So, um, in my view it was like it said, I said the sun was mean because it was shining down on me and um, her silhouette was hard to see because the sun was beating down yeah. against her and I'm looking up, holding my hand, holding her hand and looking up at her. So that was like my view.
1: Yeah. So
4: that was like what we used to do. And then the third and fourth verse, the third one is about um, me visiting my dad and then saying goodbye to him instead of him saying goodnight to me um, because like I would have to go home yeah. because I have to like, go to Bakersfield to visit him, or Riverside, where he he used to live. How
3: far was that?
4: um, It was pretty, I mean, I live in Pasadena, he he used to live in Riverside, and now he lives in Bakersfield, which is like two hours away. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I barely get to see him.
3: Just the nostalgia, that's what I loved about your lyrics, when I heard you, not knowing all this detailed background, but I think it's references, time passing, that... Yeah. That we all relate to in a visceral and emotional way. Yeah, definitely. That I really like in your music. Thank you so much. You're welcome. But yeah. So what about influences? Influences.
4: So I'd have to say like people in my life, like usually people, um, they're influences. Like I have, of course I have some famous people that are influences, sure. but, um, mostly it was like people in my life, like my stepdad, Mitch, mm-hmm. um, um, um he he played the guitar, and um he just showed me all these people and um all these musicians like invited to the house and just who I got to meet and be around and It was just like all these people I met face to face that were like influences to me and um and yeah it was it was it was people like that, but there were some famous people that I knew growing up, like in school um Melissa Etheridge. Her kids went to my school. One was in my class. His name is Beckett. Okay. Beckett and um, and we had this thing at our school called Hollapalooza. and um, I you had to audition for it. Okay. Of course, and it was like to raise money for the school, and um, for the first Hollapalooza, there's two. The first Hollapalooza, I played drums, and we did the song "Iris" by Goo Goo Dolls. I love oh, that song. Yeah. And um, and she sang. With one of the seniors, Connor Grant, and um, she sang with him, mm-hmm. and it was like a back and forth kind of like duet thing That's of Iris. Awesome. Yeah, she has such a great voice. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like she was an inspiration. She was so nice. She's mm-hmm. such a nice person, and um, so she was a big inspiration. Um, who else? There, there's, there's just so many people that I would just meet. Through um, through people I knew, it's all about people that you know.
3: It is and, and in even, this industry, definitely. Even imagining your childhood and that your yeah. stepdad Mitch in the music industry—that music yeah. was just a part of your life yeah, every day. Definitely. And going to concerts, probably younger than most. Just used to oh, most not, of us. It,
4: they, they were more like small shows, like in Hollywood. So cool. I, I've I've been to one concert and it was an Adamant concert and it was like, it was like a couple months ago. It was like my first concert concert. Okay. But um.
3: So just, but, that was natural. That was normal yeah, for you like, to be with musicians. And, going and to Hollywood. And just, that's so cool.
4: Yeah. yeah, it was just like that. It was just it was just embedded in me. It was like something normal, but it so, wasn't.
3: So, how did you handle going to school and writing songs and recording music? How how did this uh, EP come about that so, you released?
4: So, um, Bruce Whitkin is a really good friend of Mitch. They grew up together. They had a couple bands together. And um, he has a record label and he called Unison Music. And um, he has people like the White Buffalo and the Glam Skanks are okay, part yeah. of that label. And um, he, since we're like family friends and yeah. I grew up and we'd always um, jam and all that stuff, um, he helped me record this. And we recorded it in one day. Um, wow. Yeah, so like Shining Star... Um, of course I love the song It's about bullying It's about my experience And my mom telling me That I'm like a shining star And um
3: That's awesome Yeah
4: And um Of course like I love that song But the way Like I wanted it Because like, I'm like a perfectionist mm-hmm. Since we did all of these songs Raw With only mics. Mm-hmm. Um, in one day there's of course, little things I always wanted to change, but I needed to get my music out there. Yes. yes. And of course he was very nice and it's the sound quality is great. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember hearing myself for the first time with that very expensive, like microphone and just like, wow, that's me. Yes. That's me through this. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely experience and he helped me out with that. Again, people that, you know,
3: yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to go to a quick commercial. And come right back in a minute. All right.
4: Enjoy.
3: And in all, make the world a better place for everyone. Welcome back. I'm with songwriter and musician Johnny Mace. Hello. Live in the studio. So, Johnny, what are other things important to you going on in addition to music? We've been talking about Mm -hmm. your your music this first half of the show.
4: Yeah, so um, I am very artistic. So other than music and that form of art, um, I love drawing. I love painting. Um, I did sculpting in school. That was very fun. What
3: kind of sculpting?
4: I, we did, um, like, little animals and shapes, and I made a clay bust, actually.
3: Oh, cool. Yeah. Like yeah. a human bust. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's detailed. Yeah,
4: I modeled it off of this, like, male French model dude. And, um, yeah, it was, it was great. It was a great experience. It's very meditative.
1: It definitely
4: is. just um the teacher we weren't allowed to but the teacher let us listen to music and we would listen to music and just sculpt and it was just like the most meditating thing
3: i think that's a natural part of creating especially art with yeah. your hands is music to just let your mind go and yeah just definitely. no phone like just be with your material and create yeah just let it happen yeah i'm an artist also i'm a glass sculptor oh my gosh that's awesome and a welder and so my studio is in New Orleans out of Tulane University. Oh my gosh. And so that's awesome. thank you. That's part of why I still go back to New Orleans. I love being in this studio. I have welding equipment. I have a wood shop. But I predominantly work in cast glass and some metal. Um, but a lot of times that involves making models out of styrofoam or steel in a scrap yard that I'll just cut and polish into something that then I fit with glass and just I've started doing these large collages with wood. and plaster and rusting the plaster so really industrial um, references a lot of graphite thank you so I know what it is like to just let yourself go and it's like church for me to go and make things yeah definitely spiritual experience
4: definitely um what are your favorite things to make with glass
3: I love casting glass into steel molds Mm. and making what I call memory impressions Mm. so it's a square piece with a divot that I make the divot with an oxyacetylene cap. It goes on an oxyacetylene, uh, like when you weld, there's oxygen tanks and propane tanks. Oh, yeah. So uh, the divot represents our memories since I'm a psychotherapist and I've made oh. thousands and thousands of them. And I have them on the walls in my house, like in patterns. I've sold them, I've given them as gifts. So to me, they represent all of the memory imprints that we store up from birth, from past lives, whatever you believe. Throughout our lifetime, that is so cool. and so I never get sick of making them. I've I made yeah. literally thousands, and and so that's kind of my thing. That is so cool. Thank you. Yeah,
4: but um, other than art, yeah, yeah, um, writing as in general. So I'm a songwriter, but uh, I, I like to write poetry, and I'm also writing a book right now.
3: Okay, tell us about that. Okay, so exciting. Yeah,
4: so it's called Things We Do. Okay, and I wanted this book to be fun. And really unique to who I am and who I am as a person. Um, I love to go off on tangents. I just, my mind is just like, so busy with all these thoughts. And I kind of wanted that to be like in the form of a book. Yeah. So um, it's called Things We Do. It's kind of one of those books that um, hopefully people can relate to in certain situations of like what they're thinking. And um, so, like, I'll just name some of the. Um, Please. I'll I'll name some of the chapters like the first one is just like a random whatever popped into my head at the moment notifications. So I basically talk about like good and the bad notifications that you get. So I just talk about like things that people can relate to and it's one of those books where you can start from any chapter.
3: Oh, that's different?
4: Yeah. So it, it's fun. So so like you can look at the topic and be like, "Oh, wow. I want to see what his thoughts are on this topic." I
0: love that, Johnny. Yeah.
4: Yeah, so I'll I'll, I'll say the prologue.
0: Okay, and yeah. And then
4: let me know if you think you'd read it. Have okay, you. okay, perfect. All right, all right. Here's the prologue. Ever do things and wonder if others do the same? Or even just think them and wonder how stupid or interesting your thoughts might be and potentially share them with hundreds or even thousands of other strained individuals like yourself? Well, you've come to the right place. I happen to be one of those few who sit and ponder life's ever-changing questions. Like, do people pull out their laptops at a coffee shop because everyone else does? Or are they using the free Wi-Fi to listen to a random jazz station on Spotify? Probably. Who knows? To be quite honest, I pulled out my laptop to make myself seem less awkward sitting by myself in the corner. I opened Spotify to escape being the awkward guy that everyone knows isn't actually doing anything other than staring at an open laptop with no intention of doing work. So when I was in the clear, I began to wonder what I was actually doing there. I already had my venti soy java chip frappuccino sitting on the edge of the table, gathering enough condensation to form a ring of water underneath the plastic cup. It was at that moment when I began to write the very book you hold in your hands. Well, it's the 21st century, so you're probably listening to this on Audible or reading it from your computer screen, smartphone, or tablet. But either way, you have successfully entered my thoughts and will soon find out whether I'm not completely crazy, or we share a deeper connection and connect on a level that is either creepy or fascinating in some way. Well, best of luck on your journey through the mind of a boy who changes his quite often.
3: I love it. What, what I love yeah. about it is that, that you're writing about things that I believe we all think about and feel mm. even self-conscious of, but don't often talk about. Yeah, like going to sit somewhere at a coffee shop. I know sometimes I like to just go to a restaurant mm-hmm. by myself, especially if I've had clients and I've been talking all day. Mm-hmm. And and I, I notice that I'll often bring a book or a newspaper that I have no intention of reading, yeah, just, just to look a little less awkward, yeah, so to speak. So yeah. so when you read that, I was like, oh, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, it's
4: it's it's one of those like satisfying books where it's just like stuff we we don't say out loud but it's things we do you know yeah, i love it that's why the title is things we do and yeah. i
3: like your title so much where are Thank you in you. this process you're welcome with with writing
4: um i they're very short chapters like i think the biggest chapter i have is 3 pages like they're very just like yeah. quick fun chapters that you can just speed through um i have i'm i'm on the fourth chapter right now so almost 2000 words basically
3: okay cool yeah. And my sense is you'll write until it's complete and you know, until Mm -hmm. I just like
4: feel, Yeah, I might write another one, you know, and have, um, like if I do write another one, the chapters will just be titled. Like if I had notifications as a chapter here, it'd be like notifications too, or something like that. Or Mm -hmm. a love will be a big one because everyone has their own different thoughts on love. So I might have a different idea to talk about that.
3: Yes. So, yeah. So love absolutely and i imagine yeah. your music your writing yeah huge topic has yeah. helped you work through
0: issues
3: definitely. around love huh around issues around love oh yeah love yeah definitely yeah. yeah i noticed that in your songs just the romantic just the beauty i love romance i know me too it's, yeah. it's amazing
4: yeah and uh, things that um inspire me to really write music now um since i haven't really been in a relationship for a while yeah um I'm one of those people that like watches those very uh, sappy romance movies and TV shows mm-hmm. to get um, inspiration for songs. And um, there's a song I just wrote, and I got the idea from watching the movie Goodwill Hunting.
3: Oh, yeah. I love that movie. It's a great movie.
4: And it's my favorite scene where Robin Williams, um, his character, who is like a shrink, is talking about his wife that passed away, mm-hmm. but he's talking about when they first met. And, um, and he's also talking about um, all the little things that made him fall in love with her so it wasn't it wasn't just her how beautiful she was it was all the little things that they would do together
1: yeah,
4: yeah. so the song is called the little things so um, usually my old songs would be personal experiences and they would be so little in my experience mm-hmm. through them but then I realized and I Um, Phil Swan is a songwriting teacher at my school, and I love this. He says, um, these songs aren't for you. Of course, they might help you, but the song's for for everyone else to listen to and engage with. And um, so I was like, hmm, I need to start writing stuff that's not just for me and that other people can relate to. So that's when I, I started to be creative and create my own, like, kind of love stories and turn them into songs.
3: I love that process.
4: Yeah. And it's so fun. At first, it was very difficult.
3: I'm sure. Because it's easy
4: just to, like, talk about yourself in a song, right. you know. Right, right. But um, then to, like, observe everything else. And sometimes when I listen and, um, to music or watch movies, I try to connect myself to the characters so that I actually feel what they're mm-hmm. going through, through, like, the different scenes in the movie. Like, when some people are, like, yelling at the screen, even though it's not going to do anything. Like, yeah. like in a, like a horror movie, like, no, don't turn left, and stuff like that. <laughs> right, Like, right. really connecting with that. And that helps me write these songs.
1: I better do it. Yeah.
4: So, um, would you like to hear it? I would love to hear it, John. Right. Yeah. So, I just wrote it. And, um, do you think you can add some reverb? Sure. Yeah.
3: Do I turn up, uh... I
4: said one of them. I don't... I think it's one of the knobs. Okay.
3: Tell me. I think it's- it's, Is that it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah.
4: I think so. Yeah. Woo! (laughs) Alright. And, um, yeah, I just wrote this song. And, like, I finished it last night. So, I I like- I love, um, the raw- I love raw stuff. Most of my YouTube videos are songs that, like, I wrote right before filming.
3: I love that about them.
4: So, um, this is like, I would probably change this song later on, but I I love to just show people the writing process. This mic's on, right? Yeah. All right.
2: This is The Little Things,
4: and we'll talk about it.
2: Talk until we fall asleep When you smile after we kiss When two hearts beat in sync All the little things I miss When you press your face against my chest The vibrations felt as you left I say I love you know the rest Sadly all the little Things are in the past You might think I'm crazy For your figure When in fact It's much simpler You might think I'm jealous of The man who calls you mine No, he's just fine He's just fine. No, it's the little things, little things you do. It's the little things, little things you do. girl, she's alright But our differences are vast Lack of chemistry can awake the dumbest fights All the little things she doesn't have You never tugged at my jacket when you needed it i just drape it over your knee Now you're shaking in that dress And he's so oblivious All the little things he doesn't see You might think I'm crazy for your figure When in fact it's much simpler You might think I'm jealous of The man who calls you mine No, he's just fine He's just fine. No, it's the little things, little things you do. It's the little things, little things you do.
4: (laughs) And then use the bridge that I just wrote last night.
2: times you would hold me without my consent you fighting for me until we'd see the end but I was so clueless I never could see all the little things you did for me you might think I'm crazy for your figure when in fact it's much simpler You might think I'm jealous of The man who calls you mine No, he's just fine He's just fine No, it's the little things Little things you do It's the little things Little things you do Little things you do. Little things you do. Little things you
3: do. Yeah. Johnny, that was amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. You had me tearing up in the beginning (laughs) just because it's so people that... I know I'll never forget and I think anyone listening that mm-hmm. they're just individuals we never forget certain things yeah it was emotion it was beautiful thank oh, you I'm sorry <laughs> no it's good I mean I think yeah. emotion is a powerful thing for us to definitely, feel and connect definitely. With the music <laughs> is such a vehicle
4: yeah like, wow. we, sh- we shouldn't be afraid to um, experience and uh, express our emotions um, a lot of people hold in their emotions and that's actually what started I have anxiety by the way and I love to talk about openly talk about mental health. Yeah. And um I talk about in my um in my E P I it's it's called I because it's stuff it's very personal to me. Yes. Like mental health, bullying, my parents, just stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And faith. And um I just talk about all this and it's just yeah. It's just
3: yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So we're coming to the we we're, we're at the end of our time together okay. unfortunately cuz i'm loving this experience. Thank you yeah. for coming in the studio. What what do you want to leave us with? Um leave our listeners with today.
4: I love to preach to be yourself. Mm. I I I preach individualism cuz I'm an individual and um to be a free thinker. Um of course it's great Oh, oh it just changed. <laughs> it's it's great to um Listen to your parents when it comes to rules, and um, and things like that. But when it comes to things you want to do in life, really, really think like look inside yourself mm-hmm. and think of things that you want to do. And hopefully, your parents will be as nice as mine and willing to let me follow my dreams.
3: And if not, yeah. I think it's up to forging our own paths. And hopefully, yeah. parents, loved ones, seeing us happy. Yeah. Then get on board if there's a listener out there that doesn't have the kind of support that you've grown up with. Yes, I think yeah. when we are following our passion that others follow in suit. Yes, definitely. Johnny, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much it's been for been having so me. it so awesome. My very first interview. Awesome. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Johnny Mace on iTunes. Uh, YouTube, Spotify. Your EP is called I, the mm-hmm. letter I, mm-hmm. Johnny Mace. I hope to hear lots more of you for Thank you years so and years to come. Thank you so much. For You're having welcome.
1: Me. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir on